to some, February 14th is a really important day. Of course, it is St. Valentine's Day, and because it is St. Valentine's Day, there are a lot of wedding anniversaries on February 14th. And there are a lot of engagement anniversaries on the same day. And there may be a lot of births about 38 to 40 weeks later, which is kind of fascinating because my birthday is just about 40 weeks after February 14th. Anyway, February 14th is an important day for me for a reason other than love and St. Valentine's Day. February 14th, 1999 was the first day that I began teaching the Bible to a group of middle school students as an intern youth pastor. And on that day, nearly 22 years ago, I stood up to teach on that Sunday morning from Galatians chapter 1. So Galatians has always been something of an important marker for me. And today, if you follow along with the videos that I put out on this channel and you follow along with the reading plan that I put together at thelisteningplan.com, we began reading through Galatians chapter 1. And just as Galatians was the first book that I taught through as a young intern pastor, it was also very likely the first book or letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of Christians who had come to faith through Paul's ministry among them on his first missionary journey with a co-laborer named Barnabas. The story of the founding of those churches in that region of the world at that time called Galatia, it is found in the New Testament book of Acts beginning in chapter 13. So Paul and Barnabas, they preached and the people of the Galatian cities of Lystra and Iconium and Derbe, they came to faith and churches were established. And then shortly after Paul's departure, a group of what can only be described as religious legalists, came in and disrupted the work of grace, the work of the Spirit that had begun among the Galatians. They got seduced by another message, sucked in by a false gospel, which is what led to this letter. And in the opening section of the epistle, Paul writes to the church there at Galatia, and he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ Jesus to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. They were troubled by some who perverted the good news of Christ Jesus. They turned the people away from the truth of the gospel toward another message that was not or was no longer gospel. When I taught those words on February 14th, 1999, when I was just 19 years old and just beginning to study the Bible really in a big way, the idea of a person that I loved and had shepherded being turned away to a false gospel was an entirely theoretical concept to me. It was something that I could read about, it was something that I could observe as a part of Paul's experience. It was something I could hear other more experienced pastors talk about, but it wasn't something that I knew or understood personally or experientially. But more than two decades later, it is no longer an abstract idea. It is something I've experienced too many times to count, and it is much more personally heartbreaking than it could ever have been 
when it was just a conceptual thing 20 years ago. And here's the thing that is challenging for a lot of pastors right now in August 2021. In the last 16 months, I think that myself and a lot of other of my ministry colleagues, other pastors, have experienced this heartache more in the last year and a half than at probably any other time in our pastoral tenure. I've watched a lot of people over the last 16 months be seduced by perverted gospels, messages and teachings that have an air of truth, a little bit of the Bible to them, but there's something that isn't quite right. It uses churchy words and Bible verses and Christian-sounding ideas, but the smell is just a bit off and the flavor is not quite right. And the people I once pastored who are drawn in by these things, they begin to take on an aroma that it just seems off a bit as well. An attitude they begin to show forth, a mindset that doesn't so much look like Christ. The fruit of the Spirit, which we'll look at later on this week, it begins to be a bit less evident. And as a pastor, that's discouraging. I feel that I have a little better understanding of Paul, or perhaps a better connection with him after the last 16 months. His heart in Galatians 3.1, I, I can identify a little bit more with it when he says, There in that passage, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been clearly set forth as crucified among you? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now going to be made perfect by the flesh? Are you so foolish, he says. I found myself wondering several times over the past year plus, how could this have happened so quickly in the lives of some people that I knew for a very long time? How could some that appeared to be so mature in their understanding be so quickly turned to teachings and ideas that seem so clearly off? And I've thought to myself, well, either they weren't listening or hearing what we were laying down for them in the past, or they can't possibly be fully listening to or hearing what they are being fed now because there's such a clear difference. But then in my marveling, I read Paul. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ Jesus to a different gospel. And I realize that I guess this isn't new, but it doesn't get any easier. Something to think about. We'll see you next time. 